It's the dictionary. 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 Hello, word nerds. Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is still Spencer. Glad to have you here. Hope that you are sharing this, subscribing to it, telling all the people that you know about this podcast where we learn some things. We learn some very important things and we just, we have so much fun along the way. We're making friends with these words. Oh yeah, there's going to be some some words that maybe a lot of us are not familiar with in this episode, especially me. So, the first one, the first word is ectoparasite. Ectoparasite. E-C-T-O-P-A-R-A-S-I-T-E. Reminder that the ecto, the ecto prefix means uh, basically outside or external. So, I'm going to guess that this is some kind of parasite that is living on the outside of, of its uh, host. It is a noun from 1861, a parasite that lives on the exterior of its host. I guess I would rather have a parasite live on the outside than the inside of me, because that just freaks me out. The idea of some sort of living creature, one of those worms in your digestive system, something like that on the inside of me just i can't i just can't deal i can't deal i can't deal with it but if it's on the outside i can just be like what's up dude and then just yank it off no that's not how you're supposed to do things uh there's a lot of a lot of animals though that um that they just have these they have these things are they uh are they symbiotic relationships i don't know if you can call it a symbiotic relationship when the thing is called an ectoparasite ectoparasitic is an adjective it is sound effect time which says that that word is done we're finished we're never going back to that word here comes another word i'm going to i'm going to go flippity flu next is ectopic E-C-T-O-P-I-C, adjective from 1873, occurring in an abnormal, well, words are hard, occurring in an abnormal position or in an unusual manner or form, as in ectopic lesions. So these are lesions, some, some sort of maybe skin issue that's in a weird position or an odd form, ectopic uh, ectopically is an adverb, so I don't know if we're we're actually using the ecto prefix here, but the etymology says this is from the Greek ectopos or ectopos, which means out of place, out of place, which is x um, the prefix x, which means out, plus topos, which means place. So yep, out place, out of place. Not in the right place. Not the right thing at all. Um, the only connection I'm seeing to the prefix is really just the, the prefix out. Ect, ect, uh, x is out. Um, let's see, was there anything else for that one? No, but we have a very, very related word next. Fla, 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 fla. Ectopic pregnancy. 
and I think this is where most people are aware of the ectopic word. Uh, this is a noun from 1895, a development of a fertilized egg elsewhere than in the uterus. And examples of that would be in the fallopian tube or the peritoneal cavity. Peritoneal, maybe that's how you say it, peritoneal cavity. I am not familiar with that cavity, but I am familiar with the fallopian tube. That is the tube that the egg travels down when it leaves the ovary, uh, getting ready for a potential pregnancy or just the, the monthly, uh, monthly period, monthly menses. Uh, and so it goes down the fallopian tube, and sometimes it can either get stuck there, and then when the sperm comes in and it fertilizes the egg, it's stuck in the fallopian tube. That is not good because the fallopian tube is not built for an egg, a fertilized uh, egg, to grow into a thing. It's not built for that. It's the uterus, not the fallopian tube. So that is a very, very bad pregnancy, and uh, that's that's when the doctor's got to go in and, and work on some stuff. I don't know if they terminate it or if they're able to move it into the uterus. I don't know if that's even possible. Um, but uh, yeah, ectopic pregnancy, and it's of course ectopic because it is occurring in an abnormal position than when where it's supposed to be. Don't want one of those. And I don't think there's anything that you can do to prevent it. Flip, 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 flip ectoplasm or just ectoplasm is next and of course how can you not think of the ghostbusters when you think of ectoplasm and then there was that high c drink ecto cooler which i think has come back now it's just a, a bright green sugary sweet drink oh ectoplasm what is it noun from 1883 one the outer relatively rigid granule-free layer of the cytoplasm, usually held to be a gel reversibly convertible to a soul. And gel is G-E-L and soul is S-O-L. I vaguely remember reading those words in some other definition a while ago. I think a soul is essentially a solid. A gel would be probably like some not-quite-solid, not-quite-liquid thing ectoplasm. I mean, I definitely think of plasm as like a weird substance. What this is exactly describing, I am not entirely sure. Something about the cytoplasm with cells, probably? Outer relatively rigid granule-free layer of the cytoplasm. Yeah, the outer layer of a thing. And of course, ecto is the outside. It's the plasm layer on the outside. Two, a substance held to produce, here we go, spirit materialization and telekinesis. There are so many stories of old-timey people doing seances, and they're like, oh my god, look at this ectoplasm that has come out of my mouth. This is the spirit showing itself in physical form. But it was it was not. It just wasn't. It was, they, they would take like, I don't know, cheesecloth, cotton, various fabrics, and I, I don't even know what they did. I, I got to put a link in the show notes for this stuff, I think. They would do some crazy, crazy stuff just to convince people that this is this, these are the spirits materializing 
in the real world, and it totally wasn't. Telekinesis. I want to do telekinesis. I don't know. Some people think it's possible. If it if it is, I would I would like to be able to do that. Please and thank you. I'm practicing. Ectoplasmic. Ectoplasmic. That is an adjective. Flip 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 flip. Ectotherm. E C T O T H E R M. Noun from 1940. Uh, this is a cold-blooded animal is an ectotherm. The synonym is poikilotherm. Poikilotherm. P-O-I-K-I-L-O-T-H-E-R-M. Ectothermic is an adjective. So a cold-blooded animal, like what are we talking about? Lizards and snakes? Are they ectotherms? So the reason, uh, th- there is no etymology, but I can tell you. Uh, the, we've got the ecto prefix, which means outside, and then therm is like uh, the temperature. What is the temperature of the thing? Where does it get its uh, its temperature? How does it get to be? Um, uh, well, so I'm not describing that word well because I don't know the exact definition. But basically, cold-blooded animals require they need the heat from the sun or some other very warm light source. Uh, to give them heat. Otherwise, they're going to cool down. That's why you see a lot of them in the desert and stuff where there's a lot of heat and sun. And so, in this case, the thermal, the thermal part of the animal, the heat, is coming from an outside source. That's why we got the word ectotherm. I wonder, would would warm-blooded animals like us mammals and humans, would we be called endotherms? That That might be the case. I feel like that's got to be. But what is this word, poikilotherm? I, I can't wait to learn about that. Flip, 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 flip. Ectotrophic is next. Adjective from circa 1889. This one is talking about a word that I don't know. What is this? A mycorrhiza. Mycorrhiza. M Y C O R R. H-I-Z-A. I'm just going to say that that's pronounced mycorrhiza. So, an uh, ectotrophic in relation to a mycorrhiza is growing in a close web on the surface of the associated root. And it says to compare to, aha, endotrophic. Now, ectotherm did not say compare to endotherm, but this word ectotrophic does say compare to endotrophic, so that would probably be uh, something not on the surface of the root, but maybe on the inside of the root. So maybe mycorrhiza is some sort of root thing. Um, Almost sounds like a fungus, maybe. I don't know. Um, But yeah, ectotrophic, close, something on the wet, on the outside, on the surface of a root. Flu, 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 flu. That was the end of the ECT section. Here is the ECU section, uh, which is going to go through through this episode. Okay, this word is pronounced either AQ or, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, EQ. The the pronunciation has the U E uh, connected. So that seems like a French way to say it, and neither syllable is emphasized. Aq. I'm just gonna say 
AQ, because that's my American way to say it. AQ. It is just spelled E-C-U. This is the first form noun from circa 1593. Any of various old French units of value, also a coin representing an AQ. So the coin is AQ and the unit of value, uh, you know, we could say like the dollar is a unit of value in this context. In old Frenchy times, uh, they, I guess, had the AQ. Uh, so yes, of course, this is uh, French. Middle French literally means shield. So maybe the coin looked like a shield. Maybe I can find a picture, put it on the social media um, of, of one of these old French coins. Um, let's see, anything else uh, that's from the Latin scutum, which means uh, that is from the device of a shield on the coin. From the device of a shield on the coin. Not entirely sure what that means, but I guess maybe there was a a picture of a shield on the coin. Maybe the coin itself didn't look like a shield. They just probably stamped a shield. We like shields in our during the 1500s. There is more at the word esquire. Huh, that's interesting. Hmm, esquire. The first thing I think of esquire is, uh, you know, Bill and Ted, they, they would say something esquire. Uh, I think a, an, an esquire is a, a lawyer, right? Is that, I think I've seen that connected to lawyers, attorneys. Um, but uh, yeah, clearly there's an etymog- etymological connection to uh, to shield and coins and stuff. The second form of AQ is not pronounced AQ at all. It is literally pronounced ECU. This is a noun and it is often capitalized. I don't know why you wouldn't have capitalized it here. All the letters would be capitalized. Uh, noun from 1970, a money of account based on the currency units of members of the European Union from 1979 up to the introduction of the euro in 1999. So 20 years. Okay, so wait, let's just check this. So it's interesting. Well, this is an abbreviation for European Currency Unit. And, oh, fascinating, I was just about to mention this. So it is actually influenced by the French AQ. So were they like, hey, the French coin AQ is three letters, and we can easily make an acronym out of that. We can backronym it, European Currency Unit. And so I guess it says the money of account based on the currency units of members of the European Union. So... I had never even heard of this, but it seems like it's a predecessor to the euro. So were there European countries in the European Union for 20 years using this AQ money? I feel like I would have learned about this, right? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'll put a link in the show notes for this ECU. Also AQ. It's uh, fascinating that they were that they literally used the French money to create this other thing. Interesting. What is this sound? I don't know. The next word is equa, capital E-C-U-A. It is an abbreviation for Ecuador, which, uh, huh, 
Yeah, I guess guess countries aren't in here. There is no... Why would you put the abbreviation for a country in here? That seems odd. When you're not going to put the country in here. Anyway. This is a kind of a weird word to say. Ecumenical or ecumenical. Um, I don't know, between the ec, the Q sound and the men, I think it's very easy, for at least for my brain, to switch those around. Ecian, you, I want to say ecumenical, but it's ecumenical. Adjective from circa 1587, one. Worldwide or general in extent, influence, or application. So... I, I would like some context, uh, but basically the usage of a thing, the application of a thing can be either worldwide or very general in its usage. And so you can call that thing ecumenical. Uh, this podcast is ecumenical in the sense that uh, it, it's all the stuff. It's Everybody on the world can appreciate me talking about these things because it's all the stuff. But the only problem is that it's in English and not everybody speaks English. 2A of relating to or representing the whole of a body of churches. And that is whole, W-H-O-L-E. So all of the things, the churchy things, the bodies of the churches, that is ecumenical. To be promoting or tending toward worldwide Christian unity or cooperation. So clearly this this word is uh, often related to Christianity ecumenically, that is an adverb. So the word is from, we're going down to Greek, oikurmeni, which means the inhabited world. That's just, that's all, that's the whole thing, the inhabited world. Uh, That is from the feminine oikumenos, which is the present past participle of oikin, which means to inhabit. That's, uh, I guess, the verb oikin, to inhabit, which is from oikos, which means house. And there's more at the word vicinity for some reason. Um, so, yeah, it's all about just inhabiting a thing. This stuff inhabits the churches and the world, and it's ecumenical. Next is ecumenicalism. Ecumenicalism. That is a long word. Noun from 1888. The synonym is ecumenism, which is, yes, that's coming up in this episode. Ecumenism. Ecumenism. Hey, we got more similar words. Oh, uh, oh, and also I got to say here, ecumenicist is a noun. They are probably one who studies ecumenism or ecumenicism ecumenicism yeah ecumenicity is next e-c-u-m-e-n-i-c-i-t-y ecumenicity noun from 1840 the quality or state of being drawn close to others through ecumenism The state of being drawn close to others through ecumenism is ecumenicity. Come on, everybody. Let's come close. Let's draw close to each other. I don't know. Is this physically drawing close? Is this emotionally? Is it through the internet? Is it bringing us closer together? I don't know. 
Echiamenix is next. Noun from circa 1945. The study of the nature, mission, problems, and strategy of the Christian church from the perspective of its ecumenical character. I don't know, something about the Christian churchy things. Here is not the last word, it is the last ECU word, and we've already talked about it a little bit. Flu, 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 flu. Ecu, yes, ecumenism. Ecu, you could you could pronounce it a few ways. Ecumenism, ecumenism. Noun from 1948. This is ecumenical principles and practices, especially as shown among religious groups like Christian denominations, various denominations in the Christian faith. Uh, They've got ecumenical principles and practices, and all of that is called ecumenism. Ecumenist. Ecumenist. That's how you say that. Ecumen, no. Ecumenist or ecumenist or ecumenist. That is a noun. Yeah, don't totally understand this. Uh, Maybe I'll put a link in the show notes for ecumenism if you want to learn more about that. Okay, one more word. This is the the first ECZ word, the first and last. It's also the last EC word. So we're getting into the ED section starting in the next episode. The last word is eczema. E-C-Z-E-M-A. You can pronounce it eczema, eczema, or eczema, however you want to say it. If you even want to say eczema, that's fine too. Noun from circa 1753, an inflammatory condition of the skin characterized by redness, itching, and oozing vesicular lesions which become scaly, crusted, or hardened. Eczematous, that is an adjective. And I will put a link in the show notes for eczema. Um, I'm not sure if I want to put any pictures on social media because I think some some people might be a little bit grossed out. Not that I think you should be grossed out. I'm just saying certain people are grossed out by things like that. So I won't I won't post that. I, I'm totally fine posting like creepy crawly creatures and not giving any warning about that. Uh, but if you want to see what eczema looks like, if you're not familiar with it, um, it's it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's it's a very irritating thing, and it can definitely affect people's lives and mental health for sure. Um, but it's it's just a, it's just kind of a weird, dry, scaly skin thing, and uh, you know, there's various levels of light eczema and really bad all over the skin. Uh, but if you want to see what it looks like, go ahead and and Google it. Uh, the etymology. This is from the Greek eczema, from exine, which means to erupt. So I guess this is like a, uh, something erupting from the skin. Uh, from the prefix ex, which means out, plus zine, Z-E-I-N, which means to boil. So you put those together, boiling out, coming out of the skin, erupting out. Uh, and there is more at the prefix X and also the word yeast, so maybe, uh, you know, our bodies 
do create some yeast, so maybe there's some yeast in this eczema stuff. I don't know. Never never heard about that or thought about that, but that's interesting. Maybe you can break, make some bread from your eczema. That's probably not a good idea. I, I don't think you should do that. Okay, so it is time to reread the words real fast-like and pick a word of the episode. Ectoparasite, ectopic, ectopic pregnancy, ectoplasm, ectotherm, ectotrophic, acu, ecu, equa, ecumenical, ecumenicalism, ecumenical, oh my god, I skipped one. This is not the first time that this has happened. Might be the second, second or third. Hey, let's talk about this word, ecumenical patriarch. Two words, noun, often capitalized, the E and the P. It's from 1862. It is the patriarch of Constantinople, not Istanbul, as the dignitary given first honor in the Eastern Orthodox Church. I got nothing else to say about that. Let's finish reading our words. We have ecumenicism. Um, ecumenicism. Now, wait a minute. Did I skip two words? I think I think I got confused because here's the thing. This is what's going on here. Uh, there are two words that have the synonym ecumenism. This the synonym ecumenism. Uh, and so I think what I happened what I, what I happened to do was I when I looked away briefly as I was talking about something I looked back and I think I skipped down to ecumenicism, which also has the synonym ecumenism. So let's backtrack real quick, just to just to straighten this all out. We've got ecumenicalism, that is the noun from 1888 with the synonym ecumenism. Yeah, I think what happened was I looked to, to the pronunciation, and then when I came back, I got all messed up. Then we have ecumenical patriarch. Then we have ecumenicism, which is also which is a noun from 1961 with also the synonym ecumenism. That's where we see ecumenicist. That's the noun. And then and then we get to the rest of the words ecumenicity, ecumenics. Ecumenism or ecumenism, and then we have eczema. Oh boy, I am sorry about that. No way am I re-recording and editing all that to be proper. Nope, nope, you get to see all of my fuck-ups. Okay, so what am I going to pick as the word of the episode? I think I just want to pick ectoplasm, because, you know, that's just a cool stuff. Ectoplasm is really cool. I think there should be a song called Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm coming out of my mouth. Is it fabric or is it real ectoplasm from a ghost? Ectoplasm. It seemed like it needed to be a hard rock kind of thing. Hey, thanks for listening. I very much appreciate you coming to join me on this journey. Let's talk about another movie. Uh, that I saw. Uh, by the way, I need to mention, in the previous episode, I mentioned that I uh, that we watched Insidious and that I had not seen the fourth or fifth movies yet. Um, I actually have seen the fourth movie. I forgot that I did watch it. I'll get to that one in, I don't know, 10 episodes from now. Uh, but the next movie we saw actually was Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or no, is it, what is it? What's the actual title? Let's let's look up the actual title. 
Uh, but you know what movie I'm talking about. Uh, I had not seen this for a, quite a while. Uh, when I was in film school, uh, my, my Film Tech 1 teacher uh, showed us the beginning to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Of course, I'm sure all of us had already seen it. But the, his point was, um, it's, it's, it's its own story. The, that first, whatever, 10, 15 minutes, if it's even that long, uh, is just a really well-made short story. And uh, now I, I'm curious about your opinion on this. Is it fair to say that uh, Indiana Jones and also his his sort of fellow nemesis archaeologist who shows up at the end of that scene, um, is he the villain of this situation? It, it To me, it feels like he is. He's going in to this cave that is set up with booby traps. They don't want people to come in. And he's stealing this thing just so they can study it and put it in a museum. That feels like not the thing that Indiana Jones is normally does or should be doing. It feels like he's go he's I th- I thought he would be more respectful of the native people and their stuff. Uh but I guess not. Uh but it's a super fun adventure movie uh amazing action uh amazing shots there's a actually I'll put in the, a link in the show notes there's somebody who I think it was Raider. No, maybe it was Temple of Doom. Uh, maybe I'll save that for that one. Somebody made a video about, you know, watching it in black and white. And uh, I can't remember if it was Raiders or Temple. I'll check. I'll check. Um, but yeah, great movie. Super fun. Uh, you know, it's probably the best of the series. Uh, so, so many great things. You know, the melting face. Oh, my God. I loved it as a kid. Super weird and creepy. And uh, anyway, go go watch it. You know, I got I got issues. You know, he's a he's a Bond character. I don't know. Whatever. We're not going to get into all that. It's just fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. How did this not get made is a podcast all about the films and TV shows that never got made. In this podcast, we uncover the history of these intellectual properties and walk you through the plot of these unmade scripts to determine if they would have been great or awful. Here's just a few other titles that we've covered. The Beatles' Lord of the Rings, James Cameron's Spider-Man, Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion, Star Wars' Duel of the Fates, Superman Lives starring Nicolas Cage, James Gunn's R-rated Scooby-Doo, and Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune, just to name a few. Episodes of How Did This Not Get Made can be found wherever you get your podcasts.